Welcome to GC365. I'm Shauna. Hi, and I'm Leah Bender. And it is December 14th, which means it's my son's first birthday. Yay! I can't believe it. He's one. So we have balloons to celebrate. My little boy. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Xander. One year. I know. It's crazy. So for eternity, because this is on the internet, he'll always know how much we cared about his first birthday. Enough to film this video. It's great. Yeah. But Precious. We're to talk about some fun scriptures today. Yes. Jonah. Jonah. Like pretty much the whole book of Jonah here going on, the whole story. And I thought you had some really good insights on this one of just kind of the way you were looking at Jonah this time around. Yeah, thanks. Um, well, first of all, Jonah always reminds me of Sunday school, right? Like how many <laughs> Jonah and the whale stories have we heard and yes. sang about growing up? Um, I always love to do our reading and distill it into kind of what's the message here? What's the overall thing that that the book is or the word is trying to tell us. And what I loved about Jonah is that it really just says, you know, uh, God's grace and his compassion is extended to everybody, outsiders, oppressors, and even those of us who run away from the Lord when we're called to serve and do ministry. So I thought that that was uh, just an important message. Yeah, I love that. And we were kind of noticing together how interesting it was in that first chapter to have Um, Just like you said, these outsiders, these other people on the boat that worship their own gods, they're all asking and praying to their own gods to stop this storm. And then in verse 14, uh, after they found out that Jonah worships what he calls the true God, uh, the one who created everything, they were just like, wow, we cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. And they were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. So, like, immediately upon hearing about the Lord, they worshipped him. That's and right. And believed, which is just so interesting. I don't think I've ever noticed that before reading the one-year Bible. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. It was so good. And um, one of the other themes that we really talked about was this idea that, um, that Jonah is— he gets so frustrated. He's, he does. He's a whiner. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> he's just a, he's just whining the entire yes. time. He's hiding from, you know, his duty. Mm-hmm. So I love what you said about what he knows about God. Yeah. So in, in chapter four, he's complaining again. But uh, at this point, he's prophesied that the Lord's going to destroy Nineveh. And then the people in Nineveh repent. And God's changing his mind and relenting from this plan to destroy them. And... Jonah's now complaining again, and he says, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That That's why I ran away, and I knew that you are merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. And I think a lot of times, I've heard this a lot, I've even probably said similar things in our GC365 videos, but we talk about almost this concept that God was a different God in the Old Testament than he is in the New Testament. And There's an element to that because we see Jesus and we see the Holy Spirit differently in the New Testament, but God's always been the same. And I know that we see some of the anger and the wrath in the Old Testament. And to us, it's very like doom and gloom and negative. But Jonah's living in that very time. And what he sees about God is that God is full of love, mercy, compassion. And like, that's his full view of God. He's not like, oh yeah, God's a wrathful God. He sees the love. So sometimes I think it's hard for us to point that out in scripture when Mm -hmm. we're looking at the whole of the Old Testament. Sometimes it gets a little overshadowed or we don't quite see it. And so I thought it was really cool that Jonah was explaining that, even in his complaining. But Even in his complaining, he he knew it. And the other thing that's really 
great about this story is that it reminds me a little bit of, so in Jonah's complaints, yeah. right? He's just, he's annoyed. The things that he was hoping to happen mm -hmm. didn't happen. There's God has a change in plans. Yeah. Um, and Jonah's just wanting to be able to con control the narrative yeah. so much. And how many of us have tried to do that in our own lives? I feel like there's a real kind of lesson here to be learned. And God says, he says, is it right for you to be angry? You feel sorry about the uh, about the plant because the plant that he provided shade withers yeah. away. Yeah. Is it? Um, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came and it died quickly. And I just thought, wow, what an important reminder that God's in control. Yeah. We're not in control. Yeah. And everything is in his time. Yeah. And it might be immediate. It might be longer term. But it's not for us to feel that grip of control over. It's kind of a pride thing too, because yes. I think part of this is probably the fact that Jonah's putting his face out there as the prophet of the Lord and telling this whole narrative and story that God's going to destroy them that then doesn't come true. So yeah. how much is that like a hit to your pride of totally. like, I knew if I put myself out there and said what God would tell me to say that like, then it's going to change. And so it kind of looks bad on Jonah. Yeah, he's ready to die of humiliation, yeah, yeah. basically. And it's like, okay, but God just still had a plan through all of this. Yeah. Which I think it's so cool. And, and then we get to go into Revelation. Mm -hmm. So what did you notice about this one? I think <clears throat> you noticed a song. I did. So one of my favorite worship songs is Revelation Song by Carrie Job. And one thing I like to do with worship, my the worship songs that I really enjoy is to understand what scripture they're anchored in. Yeah. And so... Revelation song is anchored in Revelation 5, which is our reading today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the words are, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Yeah. Sing a new song of him that sits on heaven's mercy seat. And it's reading the scripture, listening to the words, listening to the melody of that song. It just brings so much life to the word in Revelation. And we talk a lot about, we talked a lot about the um, kind of like the visual. Yeah elements of what's being described in Revelation. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of like imagery mm -hmm. and it's really cool to think about Jesus. So it's it's hard to read at the beginning. We're like, it's a little sobering. There's no one worthy to open this scroll. And, you know, we're so distraught reading this, like no one. And you were saying like everybody up there in heaven's throne room, like I'm thinking who's there, you know, like angels, they haven't done anything wrong and they're still not worthy. The only one that ends up being worthy is Jesus. And mm -hmm. um, he's described as the Lion of Judah, the mm -hmm. heir to David's throne. He's won the victory. He's worthy to open the scroll. And it, he's the lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but is now standing between the throne and the four living beings among the 24 elders. Mm -hmm. And it brought me right back to a sermon that I actually saw <clears throat> when I was a kid on um, just it was a pastor who painted a picture of a lamb that had been slain that was now standing again while he was preaching this story of Revelation. And it just is such a vivid memory for me of looking at this lamb that's covered in blood that looks like it should be dead, but then it's still standing. They're mm -hmm. talking a lot about how the lamb represents something so innocent, something so pure. Um, it's young. It's, you know, it's that perfect sacrifice. And that's what Jesus was for us. And um, he took upon himself all of our sin and sacrificed himself for right. that. Exactly. And then it's paired up with this powerful imagery of the Lion of Judah and the heir to David's throne. So it's like Jesus is all in He's everything. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's everything. He's the, the meek 
the soft of the lamb and then he's the power too of the lion mm-hmm. and he's the king and so it's just like this very image filled uh, passage that we had today that yeah. I thought was really cool to remember. <clears throat> so good and if you don't know that song you gotta listen to it it will bring new meaning to this scripture and then we have um the psalm we noticed something interesting today about the psalm so i loved the first verse that was what stood out to me initially was how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony and just thinking about this concept of harmony that that's what we are called to as christians is to live in harmony with one another Mm -hmm. and you were kind of pointing something out as we read through this as well yeah i was just thinking about the adjectives that are used with regard to harmony you know harmony living in harmony with our brothers it's pleasant when we live in harmony it's precious as anointing oil and refreshing as dew. Yeah. And you just, you know, think of what those words conjure in your mind and what that feeling is. Mm-hmm. And the observation that we had was that, you know, when things are in threes in scripture, that's really significant. So there's the three powerful adjectives here. Yeah. So God's wanting us to really listen and understand yeah. this, right? And it's really... It, it's a beautiful thing as we're it's reading so it. It's so beautiful, like, yeah. This uh, idea of us being together in harmony is something beautiful to God. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really cool. And it kind of yeah. tied in with our uh, proverb as well, where we talk about uh, the righteous despise the unjust. So I was thinking about harmony, mm-hmm. um, kind of living in marriage with uh, seeking justice and how yeah. we're called to um, speak out against the unjust things in our world and in our lives. and. Um, for our friends, for our families, whatever it is. And it was just kind of a good reminder for me. I love that verse. Yeah. And I love Proverbs because it's wisdom and easy to understand terms, right? Mm -hmm. So much of the Bible is hard to interpret, (laughs) but Proverbs is really straightforward and it's just so great Mm -hmm. for that. And, um, you know, I'm not a theologian. I'm just, you know, I serve here at the Mill Creek campus, but what I like to do is just try to understand the scripture in the context, like the historical context. And I read um, this, I don't know, like a uh, blog about how, you know, Proverbs is best when understood in the context of Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. which is wisdom based on observation and experience. Mm-hmm. And the book of Job, which is earned wisdom based on experiencing suffering. And, you know, the bottom line, when you look at those three books, that's the three theme again. Um, but it's, you know, the bottom line is that God knows best. Mm-hmm. In, in times where um, we ha- we're at a crossroads or there's a decision to be made or some an action that we have to take, it's just the most sensible thing to do to kind of take his lead and, and follow him. Yeah. yeah, and that pairs well with our reading of Jonah too. So it's kind yeah, of it does. the same theme of like, we, we need to follow God's direction. It's mm-hmm. what makes the most sense. Yeah. And um, we are coming to the close of the year. We only have a few days left of the one-year Bible, so stick with it. But you shared a little bit about how helpful this has been for you. So what yes. have you enjoyed about the one-year Bible? Yeah, well, a lot like Jonah, I've <laughs> I've hidden from um, different various calls to ministry throughout my adult life. And I was telling Shauna that, you know, in my old church, and even here, I've been invited to be part of um, by discipleship Bible studies and have just resisted. It just felt like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it just felt like a lot to do. Sign up for this year. <clears throat> yeah. Right. And... Um, and so this is really truly my first year reading the Bible all the way through. Um, and it has been life changing. It's given me such a new perspective about, um, how there are such, there are real applications in, um, God's word to my life and, um, 
that the Bible isn't something of the past. Yes, there's actual historical, you know, fact and, um, you know, interesting things for us to learn from the history, but he was always and always will be, right? And so it's just given me a new lens on how we think about the word and and my spiritual journey. That's so awesome. Well, I hope you all have been encouraged as well as you've read through the One Year Bible with us. Stick with it to the end. So excited for you guys to finish out the year with us and we'll see you tomorrow.